Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson. Beside me is the very talented Dan Orange, and we are Crowd Church, a digital church, an online church uh, for those who are looking to explore the Christian faith. And we're just here. It's a safe space to do that. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not, you're welcome here. Uh, and tonight, today, this evening, wherever you are in the world watching this, we are going to be talking about rest and Sabbath. And speaking of rest, Dan. Uh, I saw in the comments you had a crafty nap this afternoon. I did have a little afternoon Sunday rest, and it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> a little Sunday afternoon rest after oh, yes. the after the Sunday dinner. After quite a lot of yes, after quite a lot of meat <laughs> at a Brazilian restaurant. So, yes. But now I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Now you've come out of your food coma and you're joining the rest of the world. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, the good news is, Dan, you'll be pleased to know that you are going to um, uh, find justification for having a rest this afternoon. Well, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> no pressure, Jack. Uh, so Jack Mariner is doing the talk this evening called What Does the Bible Say About Rest and Sabbath? We are going to get into that in probably about three or four minutes. Uh, so yes, uh, do stay with us for that as we get into the talk. Um, but if you're watching this live, if you're joining us live, whether on Facebook or YouTube, do say hi in the comments. Be great to hear from you. Uh, be great to see where you're watching this from uh, and uh, everything that's going on. So thank you for all your comments that have come in so far. What's Matt Crew got on here? Uh, has Matt Edmondson caught the sun? I don't know, Matt. I don't think so. Uh, am I looking a little bit sunburned? Maybe it's just the lighting on the camera. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, welcome. Do join in. Do say hi in the comments. They do come through uh, and we do respond whenever we can. So yeah. Dan, what's coming up today? So as you said, we've got Jack Mariner. We're going to be talking about the Sabbath, which will be very interesting. Um, we've got a worship song coming up very shortly. And then after the talk, we will have Conversation Street. So we'll be chatting about the talk. And if you've got any questions, just put them in the comments and we can hopefully try to answer them. Yes. Well, you can, because you, you're yeah. way more knowledgeable about these things than I am. Uh, so <laughs> I am about Sunday afternoon kips. I don't think that'll be the whole talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've got a lot more practice. To be fair and to be totally transparent and honest, I also had a nap this afternoon. Uh, my little routine when the Grand Prix is on is to watch the start, have a nap in the middle and watch the end. Uh, and I've done that for many years and it seems to work really well. In fact, I miss it when the Grand Prix isn't on because I miss my Sunday afternoon nap. Uh, maybe it's a stage of life thing, Dan. I don't know. Yeah, you know I think so. uh, I didn't start napping until we had kids. And then it just suddenly was a gift. All of a yeah. sudden I could just nap anyway. Anyway, so you are correct. We are talking about what does the Bible say about Sabbath and rest. We are going to have Jack Mariner do the talk in just a few seconds time. Uh, after the talk, we're going to have a time of worship. Uh, join in if you can, sing along if you can, if it's safe to do so, or just listen to the words if you can't. Uh, and then Dan and I will be back for Conversation Street where we will take your questions, your comments, and we will chat about Sabbath and rest. The whole live stream will be done and dusted by around 7 p.m. Although that said, usually around seven o'clock, we play another worship track for those who just want to hang around in the comments. But uh, just to give you some idea of time, uh, and if you're not watching in the UK, 7 p.m. is in about 55 minutes uh, from now. So if you're watching on Catch Up or listening to the podcast, a big warm welcome to you. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the Catch Up live stream. And if you can, do come join us live every week, every Sunday here on Facebook and YouTube. Yes, we are. Right. Without further ado, Let's bring on my very, I'm just looking for the button on my thing here. There we go. Uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's bring on our good friend, Jack Mariner. Now, if you are new to Crowd and you don't know who Jack is, Jack has been around our church in Liverpool for 
a long time. I'm trying to think. Uh, he, he's, he's got to be here a while, uh, Jack. Yeah, part he of the said furniture. he's put out a video about communities that they've been doing those for 13 years, and he's been doing those for a long time. So I'd say over 13 years. Yeah, well, there's... Sherlock Holmes, also known as Dan Orange. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Jack's been around for a while. He's part of the church leadership. He's just an all-round amazing guy. He's a great father. He's a loving husband. And uh, he's a real keen fan and student of the Bible. So he's done the whole Bible school thing. So we asked Jack to do this talk, to which he said, yes, it's his first talk for a while in crowd church circles. Uh, so grab your notebooks, grab your pens. You are going to want to pay attention to this. Uh, and we'll be back very, very shortly with Conversation Street. Here is Mr. Jack Mariner. Hey, Crowd Church, great to be with you today. We are looking at the topic, what does the Bible say about Sabbath rest? Now, you don't need to go far to see that there is so much being written about, so much has been written in the last decade or so about mental health, emotional health, how we can cope in a world that is so busy, right? How, how we can get all the things that we want to get done, how we can cope with always being on, go, 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 do more, be more, all these things. You know, the rates of anxiety and depression are really high. And um, let's be honest, life can be a little bit overwhelming, right? It can be a little bit too much. Maybe there aren't enough hours in a day. Maybe we struggle with dealing with the requirements we put on ourselves or others put on us. And sometimes it just feels a little bit like life is too much. And, and it's probably no surprise that in the church in the last five, ten years, I'm just seeing increasingly churches preaching these series to try and help people grapple with these topics and help people slow down and help people put in margin and rest. And why? Well, the reason is because God cares. God cares about us. And actually, he has some really good things to say about how we are to live sustainable lives and not just survive but thrive in our day-to-day and if I was to put this all down to one bottom line and it's a bottom line that I've nicked off someone but I thought it was pretty good the bottom line of this message is that we need to take a Sabbath if we don't take a Sabbath Sabbath will take us if we don't take a Sabbath Sabbath will take us and for me I found out about this uh, the hard way, really. I suffered burnout in 2016. I'd been working a bit too hard. I'd put too much expectations on myself. I was working uh, in a in an environment where I struggled to take time off, often working on the weekends. And I just found myself mentally and emotionally exhausted. And I started to struggle with some friendships and my relationship at home with my wife was taking a, a knock as well and someone said Jack you need to stop you need a rest you need to take some time out and so I did and I in that space of a couple of years where I slowed down had a bit of time out I found this rhythm of Sabbath that brought so much life to me I thought why didn't I take this more seriously earlier so I'm going to look at what Sabbath is, uh, what the Bible says about Sabbath, and then we're going to look at some practical, what might Sabbath look like for me? How can I do Sabbath and have Sabbath rest in such a busy life? So let's take a look at Sabbath in the Bible right now. And probably the most um, common or, or known passage in the Old Testament about this is when Sabbath is mentioned as one of the big 10 commandments it's the fourth and longest commandment in exodus 20 verse 8 to 11 so let's have a read of that and it says remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to your lord on it you shall not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter male or female servant nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your town so nobody should work Nothing and nobody should work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So here the Israelites, God's people, were to cease work, to stop work on the seventh day and have a solemn day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And that word Sabbath probably comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to cease, 
to stop, to cease from doing what you're doing. And each week, God's people were to stop from the toil, stop from doing what they've been doing for those six days to come together and to rest. And why did they do that? Well, three reasons. Why? Firstly, they did it because it was an act of worship. It was an act of devotion and it was an act of obedience. God said, do it. So they did it. But they were also doing it because God said, be like I am. Be holy for I am holy. And God in creation um, had had that rest himself on that seventh day. And he calls them to imitate him. And so here in this passage, he tells them to remember the Sabbath, keeping it holy as he did. So it's an act of worship and obedience. Secondly, it brings restoration. It is so good for us. Remember the bottom line I shared earlier, that if we don't take a Sabbath, Sabbath will take us. Well, in Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus 23, God tells people to rest so that they could be restored. And the word there actually has a deeper meaning. It means to catch breath, to be restored right to the very soul. And those who own property should rest their slaves and animals on the Sabbath day so they too could be restored. So it wasn't just for individuals, but it was for their whole households, their slaves, their animals as well. And in 2 Chronicles 36, we read that Israel, the people of God, they were um, taken into captivity in Babylon. And while they were there, it meant that their land could finally get a rest. And it says that the land of Israel was laying dormant and it finally had its rest. So Sabbath is about restoring creation and living in a sustainable way. You know, imagine, I love that idea that if we took this seriously, the idea that right from creation, we God had put limits on everything, not just people, animals, but even the land. And we can push ourselves, we can push the animals, we can push the land too far. Imagine if we took that seriously. You know, all the conversations people have about, around the environment and around our resources being pushed too far. And maybe we've overworked the land, not just our bodies as well. I think it's really interesting, something I'd love to look into a little bit more. Well, the third reason to Sabbath is that it points people to the future hope of Jesus' return. You know, Sabbath, everything we've talked about so far, about stopping, about worshipping God, stopping and about being restored, stopping and living in a sustainable way, recognising that the world, that us, the animals, that the land has limits. But all of that actually points to heaven, right? That actually Sabbath is about bringing justice. It's about bringing provision. It's about bringing wholeness. It's a picture of the day when Jesus returns and God will make all things new. So practicing Sabbath is for the present. It's remembering the past, but it's also looking to the future. And this is how we're going to live, where we don't need to work, we don't need to talk, we don't need to strive anymore. God will provide. God is our provider. Amen. So how can we see Sabbath in our day to day? Well, I'm going to look at that in a moment. But really, I want, want to just push home that it's not just a day of doing nothing, but it connects us to God. It restores us and points towards his coming kingdom. So into the New Testament, that's exactly what Jesus also affirms. We've read about the Old Testament, but it's interesting how often Jesus either teaches or performs a miracle or preaches on the Sabbath day. And I've been reading Luke recently and it's scattered throughout Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 13, we read Jesus healing a crippled woman. And then a group of Pharisees approach him and say, they try and catch him out. These Pharisees, the keepers of the law, they're like, you're working on the Sabbath. In Luke 13, 14, they say there are seven, six days for work. Heal on those days, not the Sabbath. Um, but of course, Jesus understood that God didn't just rest on that seventh day. It wasn't like he'd done all his work and then he just had to lie down. No, on the Sabbath, although it means to stop and to cease, what it says to stop and to cease from is the busyness of life. From building your empire, from toiling away, from selling and buying. It doesn't just mean to stop and do nothing. And that's what Jesus got. God is always loving. God is always restoring. God is always bringing life. And that's what Jesus came to do. And he's clearly upset that these religious leaders missed that Sabbath is at its essence about bringing life. Okay, it's not that we ought to do it or we should do it or we must do it. I don't think it makes us a better Christian or it gets us saved if we Sabbath. But it's that we get to. It's a gift from God. So obeying Sabbath to let us just 
results in strife. It just results in more work. Strife as opposed to rest, death as opposed to life. So let's get a bit practical. And uh, to do this, I'm going to be using um, Pete Scazzaro's book, An Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he also writes about Sabbath and other areas as well. But he uses four key things to say these are what you need to do to have a good Sabbath. This is what makes Sabbath a holy and biblical Sabbath. And he talks of Sabbath as a 24 hour time frame. It's a 24 hour time frame where we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight and contemplate God. So stop work. This is the, the hardest part that we actually stop. You know, it takes effort. If you imagine a car driving on a motorway, it's much easier for that car to discontinue. But a good car owner or anyone with any common sense really will know that a car cannot just keep going. A car needs an MOT occasionally. A car needs to be refueled. It needs petrol. A car will need minor repairs occasionally. If not, it's going to break down. It's going to run out of fuel. And we are exactly the same. And the world is exactly the same. We need to take seriously that we have limits. And it takes a conscious effort to stop and to slow down and to think, do you know what? I'm going at too fast a pace. I'm going at too fast a pace. And I get so encouraged that Jesus had limits on earth. You know, he didn't heal everyone. He didn't stay in Capernaum when people said, stay, 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 plant a church here. He, he didn't do everything that people asked of him. Yet at the end of his life, he prayed in John 17, 4, I've completed the work you've given me to do. So Jesus, in his humanity, he was fully human. He was also fully God. But in his full humanity, he had limits. And so do we. Now, for Jen and I, we uh, our patterns that we've developed over some years is we work up until Friday evening. And then we Sabbath Friday evening to Saturday evening. We do a simple meal. We light a candle, the family together. We make sure that we're home uh, just for, for that evening meal on the Friday so we make a special effort there um, and we bless the, the week that we've had and we say, thank you, Lord, for that. We share our highs and lows and any funny stories. And then we bless the day of rest together. And we just have a quite a chilled um, Saturday as a family time. We try and make it not too busy, not too full of activities or the children's activities. We try and limit them as well. And we want to be refreshed. And there is this debate uh, in Christian circles, but in other circles as well, about whether we need to Sabbath on a Friday night to Saturday evening, or whether, as a New Testament, the early church practice, you can Sabbath on the Lord. Well, they didn't practice this, but they have something called the Lord's Day, which is something slightly different on a Sunday where the people of God gather together to praise and to worship and to remember God. Well, there is differences, and what I like about Pete Scazzaro's language is he says it's a 24 hour period it's a 24 hour time frame where we do need to stop we do need to rest so i know good christians in my mind that that sabbath friday night to saturday evening me and my wife do it just because that works for our um our lives because i often work on a sunday um i know good christians who sabbath on a sunday i know good christians who sabbath on a wednesday um i don't actually know what a good christian is uh, as i as i'm saying that but um, you, you get my point that you can Sabbath at any point, but it's got to be a 24-hour period where you stop and you rest and you do these things. So number two, rest. Once we've stopped, we need to accept God's invitation to rest. Now, one of the major obstacles, I think, to resting is technology. And it's great technology for things like this, connecting and sharing and being informed. But we, how can we stop when we're always on? How can we stop when we're always on, always connected, informed and stimulated? Um, there are many studies that say that actually too much technology is bad for our mental health. Having too many smart devices, pinging messages, actually we can get addicted to the uh, adrenaline or the endorphins or the oxytocin or whatever it is that is, is stimulated and, and is formed in our brains. When we get a message, we can, um, we can get overstimulated and we can get addicted to these things. And Sabbath, if we let it, can be a resistance to these things. And I know a growing number of people who are practicing Sabbath by coming off their devices once a week. And, and we do this, me and my wife, we try and do it most Sabbaths. Um, and we do make that special effort to get home on Fridays. And we put our 
phones to the side for, for the day uh, or as best as we can. And you know what? Since we've been doing it, not only have we been more attentive to ourselves and understanding ourselves, how we are really doing our emotions, our souls, we're more aware and attentive and connected to each other, but also we're connected with God and to the kids. The kids love us not being on our phones all day. And yes, they want to go on their devices a little bit more than we let them on the, on the Sabbath. But actually, we've bonded so much better as a family. So there's all sorts of benefits to coming off technology. So I just encourage you to think about your own use of technology. But the thing about rest really is that it's going to look different for all of us. We're going to have different needs, different demands on us. And so one good th way of thinking about it is do the things that bring you life and help you rest. So that's napping or hiking, reading, eating nice food, whatever it is. Um, one opportunity my wife, Jen, likes is on a sunny day just to go to the park. She often takes the kids. If it's a sunny day, she likes just to play and enjoy the flowers and just go for a walk. It fills her, off, it fills her up. Yes, she is in full-time parenting mode but she's doing something that helps her rest and switch off from the busyness of life. So what does it look like for you to rest in your circumstances? And I'd encourage you to think weekly and also longer term, because there are some things you can do annually or maybe once a term that you can't do weekly, like a camping trip or a fishing trip or whatever it might be. Thirdly, delight. Now, do the things that you can delight in. Let's be clear, God didn't need to rest, right? He didn't need to, on the seventh day, say, do you know what? I've just created the whole universe. I need a rest. I'm going to go upstairs, lie down, you guys crack on with things. He didn't say that, did he? And that, that's not what he needed. God is a God of unlimited energy. He doesn't need rest. Um, after creating the world, he said, it is very good. And like a child who makes a cake, they can't wait to eat. What they've created they can't wait to delight in what they created and on the seventh day god delighted in creation and i think that's a really good practice for us that we once a week we delight in what we've created we look back at our week and we say that was good that was good or at least say god that was good what you've been up to if we can't see anything good that we've made but usually if we stop we'll actually be able to do it and it's a really good practice in a world that always says we can do better and there's more and there's progress to stop and say that was good. So as part of preparing for Sabbath, one of the most important or another really good question to ask is what gives you joy and delight? Once you've delighted in your own creation, what else can you delight in? For me, it's silence, it's nature, it's playing games, it's being silly, it's making things, it's making food and it's eating food as well. So what about you? Now, finally, contemplate. This is the final thing. And this is what separates a normal Sabbath and a day off with a biblical Sabbath that really reconnects us and reorients us um, and helps us to really be replenished. The final aspect of Sabbath to think about is contemplating God. And simply put, contemplating means being aware of something. You know, it's good to stop. It's good to rest. It's good to, to practice self-care. But there is so much written about that. And what makes us distinctive as God's people is the presence and awareness of God. It's contemplating him. It's about drawing close to him and growing in our awareness of him. So let's face it, there, are, there is so much bad news out there. There is so much to get us down and drain us all the time. And practicing, remembering God and contemplating his goodness is really good for us. In Deuteronomy 5, it tells the people of God, remember the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath, remembering what God has done, remembering how God has led them out into uh, the wilderness, how he's provided for them, how he'd saved them, how he'd um, been good to them. And that is a good practice for us at some time and throughout our Sabbath to just observe and contemplate God. As we do this regularly, we'll be reminded of his promises, we'll be reminded of his goodness. And I think it's really helpful for us to fill ourselves with good news and the good news of the gospel and of God in a world of so much uh, negative news as well. And just wrapping up, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says these brilliant words. This is the message translation. So why don't you just close your eyes and, and, uh, and listen to these. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? list of to-dos, oughts and shoulds, 
Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do. Now, doesn't that sound good? He's talking not just about that one day a week. I think he's talking about a Sabbath lifestyle, one of a rhythm of work and rest, one of constantly coming into awareness of him, of knowing our limits, embracing our limits, uh, fixing our eyes on him, living in an awareness that orientates us to God. Because let's face it, we're in a disorientating world where life can get too much. God is our North Star. He wants us to be oriented to him so that he can show us the way forward. And the, the, the truth about Sabbath is that it is countercultural in the world that is always saying do more and be more, stretch yourself a little bit more. Well, actually, maybe God is calling us to slow down and go at a more sustainable pace. And actually, maybe we'll, we'll, we will achieve more. Maybe we'll achieve less, but that's OK. The bottom line is we need to take a Sabbath. Otherwise, Sabbath will take us. So as we go into a time of chat now, and as you think about this this week, my question to leave us would be, how are we observing the Sabbath? And are we getting restored? Thanks for listening. and kingdoms will bow down Every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise For who can stop the Lord Almighty Our God is the Lion The Lion of Judah He's roaring with power and fighting our battles Every knee will bow before Him Our God is the Lamb The Lamb that was slain For the sin of the world His blood breaks the chains And every knee will bow before The Lion and the Lamb And every knee will bow before Him Open up the gates, make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Can stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is 
face the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before him. Well, there you go. Thank you, John and Anna Grace, uh, for that track. And thank you, Mr. Jack Mariner, for being a legend with your talk. Uh, I think it's one of the things that Jack said, uh, Dan, uh, and let's start at this point, is actually Sabbath rest is very countercultural, uh, especially in the West, right? Um, it is super, super countercultural. In other words, it's not something that we easily do as a society i don't think it's not easy something easily we do in the church in fact uh this just taking a day of rest taking a day of sabbath so i guess question number one mr orange how easy do you find it yourself to do the whole sabbath thing um not not super easy to be honest um but i do saturday is probably our sabbath it, we don't have an official within our household um but saturday probably is we pretty much got kids that will give us a line on a saturday morning oh, that rest. age now are they yes yeah uh rest and gym for me and then yeah friends and family normally mm. on that day um but like some of the things that um jack brought out about that being um restored and something that Dave Kahn put in the comments about reflection. Mm. Um, I think I want to introduce that into our into our family that at the end of the week we have a little reflection. Let me add that. On actually, the week. I've got that comment here. So this is what Dave said. Mm. I always think the purpose of the Lord commanding the Israelites to keep the Sabbath was to reflect on the Lord's goodness, faithfulness, and provision. Mm. Is that the comment you were referring to? Yeah. Yeah. I really like the idea that often when um, we pray with the kids at night, we'll just pray about what's happened sort of that day and that week. But I mm. wanted it a bit more actively, you know, a bit more consciously. This mm. is what's happened this week. What's what has been what's been great about the week? What's what can we reflect on what God's done for us mm. that week? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the. I mean, I've heard Pete Scazzaro talk about Sabbath quite a lot, actually. Um, and I, I really like what he has to say. And every time I hear his little list of the four things, uh, the um, stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight and contemplate God. Contemplate, yeah. I'm like, okay, the first barrier is, of course, stopping work. That For, for me, that was always quite tricky. But I've, I get through barrier number one, right? And then I enjoy it. And um, we're going to talk about some of the things that you do, maybe some of the things that I do. But I think for me, the hardest thing uh, is this whole practicing delight and contemplating God on Sabbath. Do you know what I mean? And, and not seeing it as just a day off just to do whatever it is you want to do. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, um, I, th I think it's quite, I don't think, I, I do think Sabbath is quite, quite, quite countercultural. And I do think it's not actually that straightforward. And actually, even if we get through the hurdles of stopping work and, you know, enjoying rest, how how much do I bring God into that day is an interesting question, right? Yeah, yeah. Because one of the things in the uh, in the commandment is actually the keep it holy. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about about the rest and the Sabbath and having a rest. But it says remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Mm. Um, I thought you're always asking the questions. I'd turn it around and say, 
<laughs> what do you, you see, think that you means? You see through my little keep scheme. It, uh, keep it holy. What does that mean? <laughs> I see you're asking the question. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I don't know how to respond now because I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, for me, holiness um, just means separate, right? So um, when you are holy, you are separated from something to something, right? So uh, a great example of this is when you're married, right? You are separated from, I was separated from all the other ladies of the world and separated unto my wife, right? So I became holy unto Sharon. I became separate for her. Um, and I think when we, when we think about keeping the Sabbath holy to the Lord, it's like separate it from everything which is normal and culture and separate from that unto the Lord, separate it to the Lord. In other words, do this God's way, not the way that you do it the other six days of the week, right? There's this one day where I just want you to do it like this uh, and separate it uh, to be holy, to be something for God, which is why I think Pete Scazzaro's uh, contemplate God is a great way to explain that, yeah. right? It's a great way to say, um, to say, yes, this day is holy. It is God's. I'm going to contemplate God. I am in, in Christian circles. We like to use phrases that don't really make a whole great deal of sense. But when you're in church, they do. And we use phrases like, I want to draw near to God, or I want to draw close to God. Do you know what I mean? And, and so I, um, I, I know that, for example, one of the things that brings me life, coming back to one of Jack's questions, is um, joinery. I like, I've got a little workshop. Uh, you've seen it. You see me there on a Saturday, yeah. uh, my little workshop. Yeah. I was down there this week with Zoe. And one of the things that I love to do on my Sabbath is just go down there for about five or six hours and just make something out of wood. It's the complete opposite to digital, which is the nine to five of my normal day. Um, it brings me life. It brings me joy. It's creative. And often, when I'm, if I'm down there by myself, I will have back-to-back -back podcasts and worship on. So, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to someone teach or trying to get some understanding, or a podcast, you know, about Christianity or or a talk or something to do with my faith, uh, so that when I come out of that zone. Not only have I made something out of wood, but I feel closer to God, like I have drawn closer to him. And that's what makes it holy. It's a long answer mm -hmm. uh, to your yeah. question. Long answer, but yeah, good answer. I like that. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I pass? You did. <laughs> <laughs> so let's yeah, have so, a look. Go on. Yeah. Um, I'll just say, so, yeah, my rest, sometimes it is because my my job sometimes the week can be very practical because I'm like a, a tradesman so my when on a Saturday doing DIY or putting things on the wall or something can I have to actively um decompartmentalize <laughs> whatever it was compartmentalize, compartmentalize <laughs> that that isn't you know if that isn't my day job I'm actually resting and doing something mm. just to yeah um so it's not always practical things that I do on the on the Saturday, but yeah, still, yeah. And there are thousands of, right. of of people around the country going, Dan, DIY is not rest. It's not enjoying no. the rest. It's not Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? No, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, Dave put here. He said, "I'm uh, talking about a list." He, uh, so a similar list a few years ago. He said, "Take, take." In fact, I can add this to the broadcast. So let me do that. Oh wow, Dave has taken over. Uh, I remember reading a similar list a few years ago. Take time to study the Bible, journal, listen to Christian worship music, play an instrument, take a walk in nature. Go for a drive, go to your favorite coffee shop, reading a good Christian novel or autobiography, watching or listening to a sermon or a podcast day, fellowship with friends, invite someone over for dinner, eating a meal with family. They're all great activities, I think, to do on a Sabbath, uh, on a Sabbath day. So do you, on your Sabbath day, switch off the whole technology thing? Do you do that? Because you're a bit of a techno geek. Yeah, I am a bit of a techno geek, and no, I don't. Um, but it's yeah, I, I, I something I like the idea of because sometimes I can scroll when I could just be resting. You know, do you, do you get that sort of? I'm sitting there, what should I do? Oh, 
phone comes out of my pocket and just scroll. Yeah. So yeah, I like the idea that that could be part of my my resting. My yeah, summer. I think it's a really good challenge yeah. actually, not to mm. bring the phone out. It is and a challenge. It, yeah, it's okay, and I just want to put this out there to the big world, and you can. You know, we maybe will cut this snippet out and use it as a tweet later on. Uh, it's okay to be bored in the modern world, right? And it's, you know, it's even more okay. It's okay if your kids are a little bit bored in the modern world. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, just, you know, while we're talking about technology. Uh, so Matt says he goes for a long walk for five hours around the Liverpool when he has a no phone day. Man, that's commitment right there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Nicholas put here, I have a rule that I don't, I she doesn't do any woodwork uh, or use any power tools and doesn't even mow the lawyers. I think she meant to say mowing the lawn, <laughs> autocorrect. At least I yeah. hope we're not mowing lawyers. You might get uh, <laughs> and I don't tend to watch TV apart from crowd, of course. Uh, of course, this is all pod, you know, seven. Uh, so uh, yeah, fascinating, isn't it? So. Um, what's Dave put here? If the content of my Sabbath began to set the pattern or tone for what? Oh, what if the content of my Sabbath yeah. began to set the pattern or tone for my entire life? Oh, that's a deep question. Mm, I like, I like that. I've been reading that, thinking. Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Mm. Because in theory, I mean, with Sabbath, you're, I suppose, you're switching off from the default. The nine to five you're switching off from technology you're focusing on god you're resting in god you're not in a rush just waiting on god yet the other six days we're all complete maniacs in terms of go 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 uh and so i i like that question what if this actually set the tone for my entire life yeah i like that the um talk at uh, frontline this morning um was in fact it was jack's wife yeah jenny talking. she was fat uh yeah yeah she was great and something she talked about is just the time beginning of the day and it's a little bit like a like a mini sabbath just having mm. that start of the day that's the day that you it's the time that you reflect that you contemplate um to bring bring that sabbath like that's a bit like dave saying um to set the tone for mm. for that day yeah. yeah, I have to admit, for me, right, and I, I appreciate that I am now at a very different phase of my life compared to a bunch of other people, right? So my kids, they kind of take care of themselves. I don't, I don't have to prepare breakfast for them, much to my daughter's dismay, right? <laughs> uh, my two boys, university age, Zoe is just about to do a final year. So my phase of life is very different. And one of the things that I've, I've started to do recently is I get up and the first thing that I do, the first half an hour of the day is I journal. Usually for me, journaling is a form of prayer. I kind of pray on paper, if that makes sense. It works really well for me and I journal and I pray and I study the Bible, right? And that's what I do. And then for the next two hours after that, um, I try and do something that is creative. So I shut down all the tech apart from the one single app that I need, which is a writing app. Um, and I will just do, I will write something, create something either for crowd or for work. And then I'll hit the gym. So by the time 11 o'clock comes, um, I have been so productive <laughs> and so far in what I need to get done. I've always, I've, I've done a massive jump start to the day. But I've kind of reoriented my day around this whole practice. Do you know what I mean? Switching all the tech off, switching everything off, just getting into a place where it just, it's just, do you know what I mean? Everything's just quiet and still. And it's amazing, amazing how much I get done during that time. But as I said, I'm in a different phase of life. Uh, Anna's put here, I think the way we can enjoy rest will vary greatly depending on the way that we are wired so it's what it's about working out what's restful for you and family absolutely that's totally right and has actually written a book on rest Anna is one of the co-hosts here at crowd church she's written a book on it called sand between your toes uh, and so do check that out um uh, and so oh what she says here we tend yeah, to go out for the day as a family yeah because doing something nothing at home with a seven-year-old didn't really rest 
<laughs> yeah. Amen. We all know what you mean. Uh, I might be at a different phase of life, but man, do I remember those days. Um, yeah, just getting out for the day with the kids was uh, was more restful than staying in, that's for sure. So, um, yeah. What else do you do, man? What, um, what are some of the things that you found that uh, bring you life? I think... For me, it's a, it's a time when um, it's a time actually on a Saturday, probably Saturday morning, when I can chat to Lisa because because life isn't going. Um, and just to be clear, Lisa is not, your wife. For yes, those who don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not like yeah, the dog or someone next door. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a time that we can we can catch up and chat and rest and talk about talk about stuff mm. um yeah that was my because like you said the week can be a bit more has to be a bit focused um you know i'm often out and on site at eight or eight o'clock so eight thirty. so there's not much time in the morning to do that and kids getting ready for school so yeah part of my rest is is chatting mm. and just yeah find out where we're both at <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is comes again to this whole practice and delight thing. I like that as an idea, mm. you know, that phrase practice delight. Um, talk about the week, talk about things that were that's gone well, um, you know, things that have happened, which have been good. And if there isn't anything, there are still good things that you can actually talk about it maybe in somebody else's life, and you can still celebrate that, right. Mm. Um, but that whole practice in delight, I think is quite a good, a good thing, you know, that, um, what do they call it? The attitude, the gratitude attitude. That's right. Yeah, the gratitude yeah. attitude, you know, and just to be thankful uh, and just take yeah. time to be thankful uh, for the things that God has done. But also, like Dave said, in terms of God's faithfulness, to think about the things that you are wanting him to do yeah. uh, and that you are trusting him for uh, just with a grateful heart. Just yeah, it's amazing how life is different when you when you when the, the heart is grateful, you know. Uh, and so that that practice in delight, that whole being grateful, that whole gratitude thing, yeah, man, I think it's it's um, it's phenomenal. So here's my question to you. You ask me a question. I'm gonna ask you a question. Just the way it works. Um, why do you think God rested? Right. So all of this comes down to the fact that God creates the earth in six days, and on the seventh day He rests. And then he commands his people to do the same thing, right? To rest. Now, what? Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great, isn't it? Because, like Jack said, he's got all the energy in the universe, mm -hmm. and he says, he says, rest. So, can, can we take from that a bit that resting isn't necessarily not doing anything, and 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 recuperating because god didn't need to recuperate but perhaps his his rest was his contemplation of, of mm. what he'd just done that week um looking at us looking at the world the universe um and and the and also like bit jack brought out about um pharisees trying to get at jesus to say oh but you healed that person on the sabbath but god's worship just sort of exuberated from him mm -hmm. into healing you know it wasn't we didn't couldn't almost couldn't help that yeah and yeah it's great isn't it and i love that the bible isn't something we just read it and get our heads around just instantly yeah but the creator of the universe the first thing he does first few chapters of the bible is rest yeah. And then tells us to. Brilliant. Yeah. It's quite fascinating, isn't it? And I, I, I remember someone saying to me, Matt, you know, if God rests, you, you you're going to need to. You yeah, probably should. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it just just think it logically through. Right. If God rests, you you're not exempt. Yeah. But and it's funny, isn't it? Because you I read I can read about Sabbath and I can read about rest and I can approach it in two different ways. The logical way to approach this is to go. That's awesome. Thank you, God, for rest. You are the creator God telling me here to have a Sabbath day. 
that in the modern world is a beautiful thing, right? That's fantastic. I love that. The other way to interpret this is to go, which is my default, but when you think about it logically, it doesn't make any sense, is to go, oh, but I've got so much to get yes, done. What do you mean, rest? And it's almost like something that is a blessing, something that is good, and something that is God's created order becomes a problem for me because I've got to go, well, hang on a minute. I've No, I've got stuff to do. I want to get on with stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's these two sort of two approaches now. And like I say, the logical approach is just go, thank you for it. It's an amazing thing. So what's Dave put here? I read that in Genesis 2, God sets up a pattern of rest. After the six days of creation, God rests on the seventh day. Uh, he enjoyed the fruit of his work. When he created mankind, he also settled them in the garden that he created so that he could dwell with they could dwell with him and know him personally. That's awesome, isn't it? That's mm -hmm. awesome. So what do you think to um, church on a Sunday? So is church part of your Sabbath? That's a very good question. Yes, yes, it is. And I, I think um, before I heard about this other type of Sabbath that we talk about, you know, the rest and the family mm -hmm. time, that was all my, my default, well, Sunday. Sunday is a Sabbath because that's the time I spend um, worshipping God as a family, as a, as a church together. Um, so I definitely think, yeah, it is, it is Sabbath. And I think there is... It must be rest in that. I think sometimes our Sunday Sabbath can get very busy um, and it can get very um, uh, energy zapping, not mm. perhaps in the, in, the, in the God part, but in the just family and having friends around. And um, if, you, if you got to drive to church or take a bit of time out to, to get there and do things. So... Yeah, I do think it's it is my Sabbath as well. Um, but it was interesting over COVID when we couldn't actually physically get out to church. It was suddenly, well, this is a different way of living. Having felt a bit like, um, yeah, like people that go, you know, Sunday is a perhaps in the UK is a huge shopping day, isn't it? It's, mm. That's the day people go out and hit the sales and hit. The shops and stuff and um it was this this two-day weekend rather than often it can be could have felt before like a one-day weekend mm -hmm. um but perhaps i need to actively make sure that that it's both this it's both the same it might be restful as phys physically restful but it's still that time when i can contemplate and delight in god yeah yeah and i'm the same way to be fair i until i started doing crowd church um, I always saw Sunday as my Sabbath rest and church is very much part of my Sunday, right? I love church. I love going to church. I love uh, meeting people. I love connecting with God. I love crowd and I love the comments and the banter and the, it's just, it's, it's life giving is what it is. But I think when you're leading church, it feels very different to when you're, you know, when you're going to church. Uh, and so that's why I moved my Sabbath to Saturday, because um, it be, like Nicholas put here in the comments, that Sunday actually can be one of the busiest days, mm. um, which is why I moved it. But I, I still see church very much as part of my rest, as part of my practicing delight, as part of my contemplating God. Uh, and I, I think it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's one of my favorite phrases. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you, everybody, for your comments uh, on Sabbath rest. Uh, it's been great just reading what you guys get up to you and uh, appreciate your comments, guys and gals. I really do. Uh, it's been an interesting conversation. Uh, and so the bottom line, the summary is God says take one day a week as a holy day. And we call that Sabbath. Uh, and yeah, that, hope you got something practical out of this. Hopefully you got something useful out of this. It's not meant to be a problem for you. This is all life giving stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And 
Uh, one of the things that Jenny Mariner said this morning, and I'll, I'll end on this because I, I thought it was such a wonderful quote. Uh, she talked about, and Jack read the scripture as well, Are you tired, from Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, from the Message Translation, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Such a beautiful passage uh, from the message. And Jesus is saying this to us today. I still believe that. Um, but one of the things that Jenny says, he says, when you walk with somebody, you have to walk at their pace. Yes. Yeah, and I, I love that down too. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the key to all of this is walking with Jesus. When you walk with somebody, you live and walk at their pace. And it's easy for us as Christians or uh, those that don't yet know Christ or just anybody, it's easy to walk at a different pace to Jesus because Jesus's pace is often a lot slower than we think it is, right, in the West, uh, with our kind of go, 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 got to do this now thinking, uh, Jesus, let's do this today, now go. Uh, and Jesus is like, let's just walk, let's just journey. Uh, and so uh, we have to walk at the same pace. And I think Sabbath for me is all about that slow down, learning to walk at the pace of Jesus uh, and learning the unforced rhythms of grace. So, here endeth the lesson. Right, thank you. Uh, Jack, Dan, thank you for your comments. Thank you everybody for your comments on Facebook. Uh, you can definitely keep the conversation going. Uh, so what's happening, oh, Anna says. What's happening next week? Yeah, what's happening, that's a very good uh, yeah. question. Talk Sharon is doing the talk. Yes, yeah. well done, Dan, you know that, that's awesome. Well, no, I just read it off the comments. <laughs> oh, okay, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> George, who's moderating the Crowd Church comments has already told He's us. Uh, talk on loneliness next week, Matt. Sharon, my uh, beautiful wife, is doing that talk uh, on loneliness. Um, so that's what's happening next week. Just to remind everybody what's happening in August, um, just so there's no surprises, is the live stream is going to carry on uh, every Sunday, 6 p.m. You're welcome to join us. Come join in the comments. Uh, the live stream is going to carry on, but it's going to be a non-live live stream. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that we have pre-recorded them uh, so that everybody here at Crowd uh, on the team will take August as a sabbatical, right? Sabbatical, Sabbath, same root word, right? Uh, and if you follow Pete Scazzaro, you'll, he talks a lot about sabbaticals. And so it was listening to his podcast, actually, that really challenged me on this in a conversation with Matt Crew, uh, where we just were like, you know what, let's just take August and take that as a, as a as a month of rest. We're going to rest the land, as it were, in August. But we didn't want to stop putting stuff out there because we know uh, a lot of people, you know, connect with that every week and it's life-giving and it's brilliant. So we know we've got a responsibility, but this is where technology is our friend. So we have pre-recorded a whole bunch uh, of life, well, I say a bunch, four. <laughs> uh, we've recorded four live streams, uh, which are going to go out during August. We'll still be in the comments. We'll still come and say, how's it? But no one has to come and do production and all that sort of stuff. So we get a whole month of rest to enjoy the summer together as families. So that's what's going on in August. Dan, you and I recorded one of those live streams. We did. We yeah. did. Do you remember which and one we just, did? Just so, just so that Matt knows, I have trimmed my beard. You can tell <laughs> in the future it's longer. So, it's <laughs> so you can see my mouth today. <laughs> So it's going to look like your beard has grown really quickly yeah. Uh, yeah. when you watch the August live stream. That's brilliant. So August, the non-live live streams coming your way on the Crowd Church platform where Dan magically grows a very long beard. Uh, so, yeah, I've also pre-recorded some with Anna. I'm recording one, I think, this week with John Farrington. So uh, they will all be coming out. Um, uh, so we've got Loneliness. John Harding has done a talk on emotional well-being. Uh, we've got um, Chris and Beth Kemp, which was the one that we did, give us, giving yeah. us an update on and just yeah, sharing some miracles. stories on that miracles, was awesome. which was phenomenal. You're not going to want to miss that. So uh, we've got 
the launch of the What's the Story podcast. Anna and I recorded that. You're not going to want to miss that one either. Um, Jesus, I'm so excited about that. Uh, you're going to find more about that in the coming weeks, the What's the Story podcast. Um, and then we're going to do a talk on how do I know God? Uh, one of the most popular questions I get emailed, can I know God and how do I do it? So we're going to answer that question in August. So do stay connected with us. We will carry on the What Does the Bible Say About series back in September. And in fact, Dan, the first talk uh, is from your beautiful wife. Yes. In yes. September. What does the Bible say about mental health? Yes. So we are covering a whole bunch of stuff. We've got rest. Uh, we've got loneliness. We've got uh, emotional um, strength, which John did. And then we've got what does the Bible say about mental health with Lisa? It was totally unplanned. It just kind of worked out that way. Uh, so hopefully you're finding all these useful and helpful. So I think, Dan, from me, from you, that's unless you've got anything else you want to throw in here, bud? No, no. Good night, everyone. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We are going to play one more song, one more worship song. Feel free to stick around in the comments, carry on chatting away, uh, join in with the words if you want to sing along. It'd be great if you do so. Uh, like I say, we will be back next week with What Does the Bible Say About Loneliness? My beautiful wife is doing that talk. I am hosting that with Dan Pryor, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, so do come and join us. It'll be great to see you there. Thanks again for all your comments. Um, and I'm just looking for the button on my page. Here it is. Uh, thanks again for all your comments. It's been great to hear from you. If you would like to reach out to us, if you would like to connect with us, you can do that at www.crowd.church. Uh, online, you can reach us on social media at Crowd Church. Uh, we obviously now have the Crowd Church live stream podcast, which you can get from all your favorite podcast locations. So we're just cranking it out there. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for your comments that have been coming in the emails during the week. We have been praying for you. So do keep connecting with us. I think that's all the notes is done now, Dan. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll end it there. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have Thanks, a fantastic Matt. week. See ya. Bye for now.
way 